The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. At Highland, we're all about celebrating little wins and little ways to innovate digital processes. There's no customer pain point too small for us to help with. Maybe that's why more than half of the Fortune 100 looks to Highland to connect their content and data, improve processes, and turn little efficiencies into big wins for their customers and clients. Highland, intelligent content solutions for innovators everywhere at highland.com. Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. This is Birds 365, hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. Here we go, here we go! Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50-plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack and join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go! Let's go! Go! It is a Wednesday edition of Birds 365, a big Wednesday at that, a walk to Wednesday, with no one surprised by that, um, but we're getting that much closer to the Eagles and the 49ers, which I don't think too many people would argue, John, the two best teams in the NFC. Let me start right there, and there's so much this week about ratings and rankings and how things are looking and the way that you go about winning games and how do you uh project the team going forward when they're doing certain sorts of stats are this the two best teams in football playing on sunday eagles versus 49ers i think it's the two best rosters in football um i i think you know every position isn't uh the same value so it gets weighted when you have patrick mahomes for instance but i think from top to bottom I would say it's the two best rosters in football. Um, and, um, you know, they, they, they both look tremendous. Obviously the Eagles are only one loss for the second consecutive season, 10 and one San Francisco, when they're hitting on all cylinders, man, 
and they had a little hiccup when Trent Williams and Debo Samuel are out and everybody has injuries and that's not an excuse. And they should have persevered and been, been able to win one of them or at least do something of that nature. But when they're in there um, and all their playmakers and you add them to Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel, George Kittle, et cetera, et cetera, they're tough to deal with. They are very tough to deal with, and they're very deep, and they've only gotten deeper when you bring in a Chase Young, and Rand- nobody even talks about Randy Gregory. I mean, they're good, and I, I've been saying it all week. If the Eagles have been living on the edge, if they play like they did in Kansas City and they play like they did against Buffalo, they're not winning this game. So they do have to tighten some things up. Fair enough, and I pretty much agree with you across the board, but let me just give you a different slant. As you said, correctly so, the 49ers are 8-3. and three. They hit that lull. They had that three-game losing streak. After five games, the Eagles were 5-0 and oh after five games. There's no question in my mind, the 49ers were a better team at 5-0 and oh than the Eagles were at 5-0. and oh. They were more impressive than the Eagles were at 5-0, and oh, but they did lose three games in a row. The Eagles have lost one. The one we're still trying to figure out how the hell did the Jets beat them, but they did beat them fair and square. Um, if if the Eagles, you're stating if the Eagles don't play their A game, and oh by the way, Eagles did not play their A game against Buffalo. I don't think they played their A game against Kansas City. They won both games, but your definition, my definition of A game, best that they can play, uh, they, they won those games without playing their A game. What happens if the Niners come in here and don't play their A game? Um, yeah, I mean, obviously they're going to struggle. Um, they've had, you know, if you look at the film, they, they played probably better to be honest on them in a more consistent fashion than the Eagles. Um, uh, but yeah, it's always possible you have, it's the NFL and every team has those hiccups. It seems, uh, the Eagles, uh, the difference between the Eagles and other teams, I would say, is they tend to win even when they have hiccups, and they tend to find a way to win, which is should not be underestimated. But if you look at um, PFF and San Francisco is the number one rated team in the NFL, I think they should be when you just add up the categories. Um, but I also talked, I remember we were talking, I was probably at that, five and O start and five and O start. And I said, if I think you asked me who would win the game. And I said, I said, the Eagles, even though San Francisco was playing better because I think styles make bites. And I think the Eagles are better equipped to handle what San Francisco does well than vice versa. And particularly the two offensive lines um, and the two defensive fronts, they might, it might be the best defensive front in football and the second best defensive front. And you can argue who's deeper and who's more talented. And and the Eagles got to see if Fletcher Cox is healthy and there's some injury issues. And Milt Williams hopefully will be back. And then the offensive line, though, it's Trent Williams and a bunch of guys. And uh, if you look at PFF, San Francisco does everything well except pass block. They're, they're not good. Um, and Jalen Carter right up the middle, that that is where the Eagles might win this game. We got a lot of time to talk about that. But that's why 
I think stylistically, I think the Eagles, because of their offensive line, are better equipped uh, to, to persevere in a game like this. Then uh, if you're telling me that the San Francisco offensive line after Trent Williams is certainly gettable, if their overall ranking for pass blocking is nowhere near as good as the Eagles, what does that tell you about the kind of season that Brock Purdy's having? If he's the number one rated in a specific metric, passer rating, the number one rated quarterback in the NFL, and he's doing so behind an offensive line that doesn't really pass block all that well, how good a season is he having? By the way, they're 28th, 28th, out of 28th 30. in the NFL and pass blocking. Yeah, 28th out of 32. So, you know, Nick Sirianni's measure. You never want to be bottom five in anything. And that's with Trent Williams, who's one of the greatest left tackles of all time. Now, Brock Purdy's having a tremendous season. And I think Brock Purdy is a tremendous fit for this team. Now, people get upset in this scheme. People get upset about, when you call people game managers or scheme quarterbacks or whatever, I don't know why, because that's the scheme he's playing in. So that's all that matters. Now, if he were on the Chicago bears, he wouldn't be very good because they basically won one of their rare games on Monday night because Justin Fields can make a play. Let me interrupt you for just a second. Let me ask you a question. How good would Jalen hurts be on the Chicago bears? Well, the bears are a bad team, but, Jalen Hurts would win more games with the Bears than uh, Brock Purdy was because you have to do things on your own. You have to make plays on your own to lift them to win certain games, as Justin Fields was able to do. He's that type of quarterback as well, not nearly as good as Jalen Hurts, but he can do some things on his own. There's nothing wrong with it. He's He's got a great play schemer. He's got the best weapons in football. And he distributes the ball. He's a point guard. He's Mo Cheeks. That's what he is for old Sixer fans. And he's doing a tremendous job. And Mo Cheeks eventually made the Hall of Fame because he was a great point guard. Is he Isaiah Thomas who can go win the game by himself as a point guard or Steph Curry? No. There's nothing wrong with that. It's not an insult. You know, if if, if we want to go – the PFF route and and just look at quarterbacks and how they rate quarterbacks. I'll give you that uh, because Brock's, I don't think he's top 10. He might be top 10 now, um, but I'll, I'll, I'll check it out real quick. I mean, he, he's in a great system. He, he processes quickly and that's what you need. So he, do, do you consider San Francisco system that much better than the Eagle system? It's not about being better. Like I, I, it's it's about utilizing what you have. It's about utilizing what you have. The Eagle system, when Nick Sirianni got here, what I like about Nick Sirianni, he didn't want to run this system when he got here. He was he was just fresh off Philip Rivers and Andrew Luck and guys like that. Uh, he wanted to run 11 personnel and 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 throw the football all over the lot and have the explosive passing offense. And he got here and he started, and you remember the start, two and five. And he said, you know what? Jalen Hurts was passing the ball. He was throwing it 45 times, and people were like, well, you that's what he wanted to do. But he quickly realized there's too much on his plate. 
scale back to what he does well, and people get insulted by that. Everybody gets upset about everything. And they go heavy RPO, and they turn into the offense they are now, which is phenomenal. And that's what you should do as a coach. You should maximize the, the talent you have and limit the deficiencies as much as possible. So in Kyle's case, he's got a quarterback who processes well, and Brock Purdy deserves a lot of credit because everybody wins with Kyle Shanahan, but nobody wins to his degree. So I would say all the time, you and I have butted heads with Jimmy Garoppolo. He stinks. He stinks, and he's a completely made-up Kyle Shanahan quarterback. But if you look at all the games they won with Jimmy Garoppolo, they're winning more with Brock Purdy. So he deserves credit. He runs it even better than the average person, but he processes quickly. He gets the football out of his hands. He gets the football in the hands of Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, and George Kittle. And again, it's Mo Cheeks dishing it out to Julius Irving or Moses Malone or Bobby Jones. And they're the, they're the stars, and he's the point guard. There's nothing wrong with that. Nothing. Well, it depends on how you look at it. I think it can be because I think Purdy is more than, quote-unquote, a game manager. Uh, you you and I have a different percentage breakout of how much credit Shanahan and his system should be getting and how much credit Purdy should be getting. You're very heavy edge toward the, the system being the reason why they're successful. I think Purdy deserves a little bit more credit for it. I'm not downplaying how important the system is, but I just don't have as much of a percentage sitting in the coach's lap as I do in a quarterback. That's we, we, we just see it slightly differently. And I think that uh, the Eagles should be prepared for both the system and the quarterback this week, because they're coming in playing dynamite football. They're hotter than the Eagles are right now into the uh, coming into the game. And yeah, J Mac, I was surprised that I checked it this morning before I came on Vegas insider. The line has actually gone up. It was favored two and a half San Francisco. It's now up to three in as many places as it is still two and a half. I thought that the betting public would bring it back down. They set a starting line and then, and they're pretty good at it. They don't want, they don't want to move the line. When you set a line, you want to get it as close to what you think John Coop public is going to bet on it. Cause if you move it, then you open up the possibility for people middling it. And right there at two is a number that does come up in the national football league. They're actually moving it towards San Francisco from two and a, from two and a half to three. Are they statistically that much better than the Eagles that in their house, in the Philadelphia Eagles house, the 49ers are righteously a three-point favorite? Um, are, are they righteously a three-point favorite? I mean, that's, as you mentioned, that kind of dibbies by the, the general public. And obviously they want to uh, get people to go in a certain direction. So, they tend to be very good at, 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 at what they do. I think it's an opportunity to make money. I think this is a big Lane Johnson week. Now, Lane, um, uh, as I mentioned, I, I don't think people look into the styles. I think they look at San Francisco and how well they're playing, and they're playing well, and they're saying, well, how do you deal with that? How do you deal with that? How do we deal with that? Offensively, uh, defensively, and the way the Eagles are playing defensively, it looks like a tough matchup with all the playmakers San Francisco has, and they're healthy. Um, it looks like a very tough matchup. 
But I always say it, Jody. I've said it a hundred times. I'll say it a hundred and one, probably a million and one. If you can't block people, you can't play offense. It doesn't matter who you have. And if they can't block the Eagles front, it's what happened last year. You can't play. And and it was disastrous in the fact they lost two quarterbacks. Now, I don't expect that to happen again. But bottom line is they couldn't block them. They couldn't block the front. What's changed? Josh Sweat, it might, might be a tough afternoon for Josh Sweat because Trent Williams is one of the greatest of all time. So typically that's a very good player, and that might shift, and you might not get as much from Josh Sweat. But everybody else has got a big advantage, and I mean everybody else. On, on on that Eagles defensive front. And it's got to be a Reddick game and a Carter game and a Jordan Davis and hopefully Fletcher Cox is healthy. And you go to the other side and you say Nick Bosa, defensive player of the year. Well, he was defensive player of the year last year. And he went up against Lane Johnson and Lane Johnson's Lane Johnson. That's not to say he's not going to beat get beat on a particular play. That's not going to say he's going to beat him 100% of the time. But Nick Bosa is not going to have a typical Nick Bosa game. Javon Hargrave, we know how good Javon Hargrave is from from his time in Philadelphia, especially as a pass rusher. Well, he's got to deal with Jason Kelsey and Landon Dickerson and uh, Cam Jurgens as an improving player. The Eagles are, are, are capable. Doesn't mean they can't have a bad game, but they're capable of blocking that defensive front. I don't think the 49ers offensive line, with the exception of Trent Williams, I always have to put that in there, mm-hmm. can block the Eagles defensive front. That's why I like the matchup from a style perspective. Styles make fights. Is Buffalo's offensive line that much better than San Francisco's across um, the board? Because Bills moved the ball pretty damn effectively against the Eagles last week. Well, also, you know, Josh Allen is one of those guys. Now, Josh Allen is, look, he's very reckless um, at times, and I've criticized him for that, but God, is he talented. I mean, he is ridiculously talented. Um, And when he's got his A game, he's difficult to deal with, to say the least. And I know people are down on Buffalo, um, and all that kind of stuff, and they're having a bad year, and it's certainly disappointing. And I'm not a big Sean McDermott guy anymore. I think he's, you know, the shelf life is probably over there. But you know, he's 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 really difficult to deal with. Uh, I'll just say that. But and, and I'll look it up. Pass blocking. Buffalo Buffalo's got a better offensive line than San Francisco. Again, with the exception of. Trent Williams. I don't know right. how much Trent Williams included it. We're not taking him out of it, but well, him with the four guys with him. All right, Buffalo. So like? Buffalo's number seven in the NFL pass blocking. San Francisco's number twenty-eight. Now, that's a pretty significant. That's difference. a pretty damn different, a big difference. Because yeah, Buffalo did a pretty good job of keeping guys off uh, Josh Allen's back, and like you said, you got to give Allen credit because he'll make plays with his leg. That truly scared me. I was on the air on TBS for the second half of that game, and I kept saying, what scares me here is Josh Allen with his legs. More than Josh Allen with his arm, that he's going to pull the ball down and and make a big play with his legs. Purdy is. And I watch enough San Francisco games that I did check the stats. He's not afraid to pull it down and take off. 
He's not Josh Allen. He's not Jalen Hurts. He's not Lamar Jackson. I'm not trying. He's not Justin Fields. I'm not putting him into putting him into that kind of category. But he's also not uh, Kirk Cousins, who's a statue. He's going to be in the pocket. He's never leaving. If he's if he's going anywhere, he's sliding side to side. He's going to throw the ball away. Purdy will pull it down and make a play with his legs every once in a while. He's he's not someone that you can just forget about and have the linebackers and the safeties turn their back on him. He'll he'll take off and he'll make 20 on you. So it's something the Eagles have to be careful with this week. All right, do me a favor. During the break, uh, you were going to look it up for me. Um, PFF ranking, quarterback rankings. Where does uh, Purdy come in? Uh, you can give that to me when we come back because we're going to take our first time out of the show. Mike Gill's got a T-shirt on. The question is, what does it say? Yeah, you thought I was going somewhere. Yeah, I, please keep the T-shirt on, Mike. We don't want you taking the T-shirt off. But we do want to know what it says. Our buddy from down the shore, Mike Gill, up next here on Birds 365. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, We've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed to most to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program ensures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. 
Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. We got the Mac and Mac guys with our usual Wednesday bud. He hops in early with us. And we thank him for it. Does his show down the shore every day on 97.3 ESPN. The sports badge is today a McMullen day or tomorrow a McMullen day. When do you go on with him, Jack? Um, pretty much every day except Friday, <laughs> but this week it's, <laughs> I'm not on Friday, right? Mike, I'm on, I am no, on, not on Thursday. Not You're on Thursday. looking to Friday. Yeah. Yeah, All so. right, that's good to know. So yeah. we'll catch that. We appreciate those of you streaming in to catch Mike Gillian with us. Let me tell you, Jody, these Mondays, Sirianni keeps knocking John yeah. off, and the listeners are, like, infuriated with me. Like, where's McMullen? And I was like, ah. sit. oh, man, the, the amount of people that text in, you know, they want to hear what John says after the game on Monday. And yeah. Nick's, Nick's been a 315 guy. Yeah. These pressers right in his time slot. Yeah. Uh, that's an ESPN down the shore thing. What are you going to do? Go up and punch Sirianni. Get on time, coach. Yeah, I don't think he's going to sweat you much uh, there. All right, uh, give us the T-shirt reveal. It looks like you got a fancy collar on this one. What what are you Uh, wearing today? uh, An old school Atlantic City Blackjacks, RIP, but they're bringing the Arena League back, but the Blackjacks were not invited back to the league. Oh, so this That's is a, crushing. And why would that be? Uh, you know what? I don't know how they picked which. I know the soul are back, but it's not. Jaworski's not involved with the soul this time around. But, I mean, Atlantic City, they were in the league. There was like a four-team league at the end there. It was pretty uh, pretty bleak. The attendance wasn't terrible. But, you know, Boardwalk. What is that starting up again, Mike? Do I don't we know. know. Yeah. But um, I did some digging to see if they even got a call to see if they'd be welcomed back. But. I don't. I think it was just too. Atlantic City's a tough market for for teams. They don't draw well. The buildings, you know, tough to play in. It's very expensive to run Boardwalk Hall. But this is a one and only one year the Blackjacks played, and this is one of their only shirts. I like that nickname, by the way. I like nicknames that make sense. Yeah, sure. I always, yeah, I always I I enjoy it. Uh, good job by Atlantic City and the the Arena Football League whichever version it was. That, it was that, they actually, they had asked me to be their play-by-play guy. I couldn't make the commitment. And then um, they played only one year. We actually carried the games on our air, but I could not do the games. But uh, I knew the guy who uh, ran the team. And Didn't Jaworski own every team at the he end? He had a stake, I think, <laughs> in that team, yes. <laughs> yeah, good, good, good for Ron. But uh, hopefully the Arena Football League is back and uh, – they do some things. You know, there were some great quarterbacks coming out of that league, Kurt Warner most notably. But uh saw Kurt Warner's son announce he's entering the portal. Yeah, don't get me started on the transfer portal. We only got two hours. That is de- <laughs> destroying. You, you get these college guys. Well, here, here I go. They play in four different colleges. You're like, yeah. oh, he was – oh, it drives me insane. Anyway, go ahead, Jody. I was going <laughs> to say, me uh, off and he's, he's a nice kid. And he's got some talent. He wasn't great this year. If he's transferring out of temps like night, the end of the world, it's more than disrespecting. Man, we talked a lot about disrespect. How dare Kurt Warner's son leave Temple? 
Yeah, you can, because everybody does. John's right. The transfer portal is everybody uses it. So I saw that story yesterday. I said, okay, let's move on. Yeah. Uh, and we'll do that with the 49ers and the Eagles. Um, John was just telling me that the 49ers, as per Pro Football Focus, are the 28th run blocking line, uh, pass blocking line in the National Football League. Yet Brock Purdy only has 22 sacks. There are upwards of seven eighths of the team in the NFL. I think there's only two quarterbacks who are the starters and have been the starters like basically every single game, like Purdy has, who have less sacks than he does. And oh, by the way, they were once traded for each other, Goff and Stafford. And other than that, he's got the least sacks in the National Football League of a quarterback who takes every single snap. Is he that good at just getting rid of the football? That if their offensive line is ranked as poorly as they are in pass blocking, how the hell has he only been sacked 21 times? I'm surprised by the ranking, but I I would say their offense, and this is why this week is a very interesting matchup for me. I kind of broke this down a little bit yesterday. You got Zach Cunningham, don't know what his situation is. Obviously, Dean's already out. You got Christian Ellis. Well, the two biggest factors for – this matchup is Kittle and McCaffrey out of the backfield. And that's why the pass block, the sack situation is they get the ball in these short little spaces. Debo Samuel, they're not a team that takes a lot of shots down the field. Everything is, hey, Brock Purdy is who he is. And I'm not a Purdy hater. He's a smart guy. He delivers the ball, but they're smart. They say, look, you are what you are. Get the ball to the guys who can make plays. Kittle, McCaffrey, Debo, Ayuk. Those are the guys they want the ball in the hands, not the quarterback. So everything is quick and fast. And if the Eagles have these linebacking issues, I would imagine you're going to find Shanahan trying to find every way possible to get those linebackers in coverage, which makes sacking the quarterback that much more difficult when you're using the short, quick middle of the field. Yeah, I, I you know he's a, I said he's a very quick processor. Mike's right. I've made the comparison. He's Mo Cheeks, the old Sixers. He's the point guard. Get the football out of your hands. Get it into the hands of the playmakers, and they got a lot of playmakers. And you know, and that's oh, John. We talked about this yesterday because you're watching that game, and and I thought that like the Dobbs story, it was great. The guy just can't play. There's a reason why he's bounced around the league, and the difference between a guy like a Dobbs who has some talent. The problem is. Purdy knows what he is, and they know what he is. He's an accurate, quick thrower of the football. Does he have a hauser for an arm? No. Can he bomb the deep ball down the field? No. But Uh, Now, I'm going to defend Josh Jobs. I I agree with you. Josh Jobs stinks. But, you know, they're playing Kirk Cousins' offense. They're playing the San Francisco. They're playing play action. They got Josh Jobs under center. Yeah, you're going to lose. He's going to look awful. He's got to be in the gun. He's got to be running RPOs. Right. Well, and my point is they don't use him the right way. And the difference between a guy like Dobbs, who has more talent than Purdy, the problem is he's erratic. He doesn't have the touch. You know, that's where Doesn't that that count? How does he have more talent than Purdy? When one can accurately throw the football and the other one can't. How how did you come up with that one, Mike? I think Mike is saying he's more athletically gifted, which he is. That's now, not more there, talented. There's a big difference between yeah, I mean, being there more are, athletically being gifted able to process, more, being able more to process physical talent. Time. He's yeah. got a better arm. He's got a better, you know, stature, if you will. Yeah, he's more he different. has the, the you know, like that's the thing. Like people say, okay, like a guy like a Gardner Minshew, he knows what he is. 
He, he has good touch. He's an accurate thrower. He can move a little bit. Do you want him for 17 games? Probably not. But because, why? On that third and seven, that big play of the game, Minshew can't fire that thing in there. But he's capable to keep you in game. That's where some of these guys, you're just looking like a, I don't understand how these guys make it to the league. And I guess there's such a dearth of talent at that position. <clears throat> but Purdy, to go bring it back to him, I think he is such an underrated guy to the fans just because of his draft status. And, you know, he doesn't look the part sometimes. But that guy, to me, he knows exactly what he is. And, John, like you're saying, they know what he is. They're not asking him to be something that he's not. Matters and so he much. is great. He is great at being what he is. Just, hey, I got all these weapons. You guys are the stars of the team. And that's why he is not looked at as what great. But he is a very, very big weapon. You know, in that there's office. another. I'll give you another example. There's a Carolina thing going on. Frank Wright got fired. And now this always happens in the league. You saw it with Chase Young leaving. uh Washington and they would oh he freelances too much you never heard this before and all of a sudden they're they're kicking him in the ass on the way out the building well in the in the Frank Reich what's going around today is oh they asked Frank Reich to incorporate more RPOs and stuff to help Bryce Young and he said no I was here in 2017 when they changed the whole stinking offense at the end of the season when Carson Wentz got hurt because Nick Bowles wasn't comfortable with it so that's bullshit because I know if Frank thinks he's going to change something, he's going to change something to help the quarterback. Now, I saw Kevin O'Connell, who everybody thinks is a great young coach. Maybe he is, maybe he isn't. But he ain't helping Josh Dobbs. He's playing the same Kirk Cousins offense and asking Josh Dobbs to make Kirk Cousins throws. And, wow, he can't make them. Big shocker. That ain't his fault. Uh, Steve- is that a retort to – Frank Reich wanted C.J. Stroud, and he got sent uh, Maybe. <laughs> oh, yeah. Bryce Maybe. Young. Because I oh, heard yeah. that way before that Frank wanted C.J. Stroud. I mean, way, way months ago, um, before they even started playing. Um, and, hey, look, Carolina wasn't the – most people had Bryce Young rated ahead of C.J. Stroud, let's be honest. Most, most people around the league did. Uh, certainly most draft analysts did. But by all indications, Frank really did want C.J. Stroud. Um, so take it for what it is. It, that wasn't saying after he got fired. That's been going around for months. Yeah. All right. So we've talked since he got fired on Monday. We talked about the end of the show, and John and I talked about it yesterday. Does Nick Sirianni owe it to Frank Reich to bring him in and be a consultant for this team? I don't know if he owes it to him. I don't know what the hurt would be. I mean, they did it last year with Fangio. If you have just another set of ideas. I mean, we had people Monday, the moment it happened, texting into our show, you got to fire Brian Johnson, bring Frank Reich in. I mean, it's preposterous. But I don't see where the harm would be to have him just kind of hanging around. And if you want to ask questions, although, I mean, his comments to the Charlotte Observer, I think it was, he didn't sound like he was all that, uh, you know. Well, that's because he's got Mike. He's got like forty or fifty million coming to him. Yeah, so, he'll yeah. be okay in retirement. Yeah. Sure, yeah. and I guess he could stand on the Eagles sideline for free and keep collecting checks. Well, and that's the thing I said yesterday. You know, Frank and uh, Nick are so close. He's already a consultant for the Eagles, even when he was the head coach in Indianapolis and the head coach in uh, 
Carolina. It's just not particular weeks when they get and too busy. But the one thing I would, I guess you could say, like, is it worth bringing him in? This is more big picture to me, Jody. It's this Brian Johnson stuff's not going to go away. I can imagine the comments section's going to oh, start it's going away because he's going to be a head coach. He's going to be a head coach, and it might be <laughs> as soon as this offseason. So do you want to have somebody – now, I know Ken Petula's here. Maybe he's the next guy. Or do you want to go to Frank Reich and bring him in and have him here already in the system and starting to work with these players? So if you want to look at it from that angle, you might want to try to get somebody in the building and and start to get them around the players. I don't see the harm in it. I know some people are like, well, is that too much? Look, you said the same thing about Patricia. Did anybody remember yeah. that he's even on the staff? Right. When was the last time we mentioned Matt Patricia? Right. Two months ago, maybe? Listen, for me, if you're a coach who's okay in your skin and you are you know, comfortable with your role, you welcome more help and more coaching and more ideas. The more ideas and stuff that you can add to the fray, I don't see why that's a bad thing. As long as you're comfortable that this guy's not here to take my job, and I don't think that would be the case here. Right. And the reason why I said, does he owe it to him? Like John has uh, continued to say all week, Nick talks to him anyway. So he can pick up the phone and talk to him anytime. They're, 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 that, they're that close. But now he's not restrained from being on an eagle in an eagle position, AKA payroll, or whatever. And the money means absolutely nothing. The question is do you get to take the championship ride? If you're taking two calls a week, is that really being part of the team? He's got a chance to add Frank Reich, and if they're going to go all the way and win a Super Bowl, get him a Super Bowl ring, does he owe it to him since he was his unspoken mentor? Sirianni says it all the time. If, if, I would say if Frank wants to be here, he'll be here. Um, I, I, I don't know the contract you know, that might screw up his contract. A lot of it will have to do with what he's able to do. If he wants to be here, I, I can't emphasize enough how close those two are. Nick right. Sirianni That's why I'm asking the question. Yeah. Um, but he might have restrictions because of the contract, uh, that doesn't allow him to, uh, there's a whole bunch of things that, not only we don't know, we can't know. We're never going to get a look at his contract and what he can and what he can't do or risk that particular money. So obviously he's not going to risk whatever it is, $40 million. So um, yeah, whether, I, I, it be, whether it becomes official or not, he's always been a, a Nick Sirianni consultant. I will say that. Do you think David Tepper was smart enough to be able to write a contract that could save him $40 million when he knows he's got to pay him? If we're assuming in the contract he's getting paid anyway, then why would we assume that there's a clause that if he went and worked somewhere else, he'd have to Well, there's always offset language is a is a normal thing in the NFL. Understood. Uh, very normal offset. What, what, a, what do you think the Eagles advisors, the consultants they brought in got paid last year? Uh, I have no idea, to be honest, what they what they pay. But it's certainly not significant uh, compared to a head coach in the NFL. About $40 million. Yeah, no, uh, no, no, no. So if Frank Reich wants to offset it, he's going to get it anyway, whether the Eagles right, um, or, or Tepper uh, pays him. The question is, does he want to be part of this team again and potentially get a Super Bowl ring out of it? Tepper fires Matt Rule and has to pay him for how many more years right. is he paying him? And he went and took the college job, and I think that ended that contract, did it not? No. Oh, no, 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 no. There might have been offset language. He's getting something. 
from the Panthers. I can pretty much guarantee you that. Rule wouldn't have taken a gig if he was losing all that money. He's losing up to a point. And well, those guys make a lot of money. I don't know what Matt Matt got, but uh, oh, Matt got is... Matt was one of the highest paid coaches in the NFL without ever having coached. No, I'm down. saying with Nebraska, I assume he got a boatload with Nebraska too. Those college guys, those top Mike Elko, who's like a nobody, got uh, seven million a year from uh, Texas A and M, and that was low compared to what they were paying Jimbo. Those. Typically, you know, Michigan, as people trying to get Jim Harbaugh out of there, those those high level schools in college, and even though Nebraska has been um, not what they once were during the Tom Osborne days and all that, they're still spend a lot of money on their coaches. So, um, yeah, Matt was getting paid a ton at Carolina, but he's getting a ton in Nebraska as well. So that that's to me that's big difference because you know frank essentially intimated he was done in the nfl i think that is strictly related to the money because he's never going to be able to get that money anywhere else right and he wouldn't be coming to the eagles for the money he'd be coming to the eagles to help his buddy out and to potentially get a ring all right uh mr gill supposedly Shaq Leonard is going to be at the Eagles facility today. Linebacker, all pro, all world for a while, not playing to that level, but not playing near as badly uh, as some people are laying out this year. The Colts, you'd say, why would the Colts release him? They got to pay him anyway. Why would they release him? Because they knew that he wasn't going to be part of a run going forward. They knew they weren't making the playoffs. So if you've got to they're cut in the playoffs time, right still now. They're in it. Yeah, they're, they're in, in they're it. They're the seventh team. Yeah. Yeah, they're in the then, mix. Then, then, our, then should we be calling the Colts on the carpet? Or is uh, the Colts' estimation Shaq Leonard's got nothing left? Well, they benched I, him. They benched I think him. this is a very interesting topic, Jody, based on what we're talking about with the coaches. You would have to imagine that Nick Sirianni and Shane Steichen have had some conversation. And in that conversation, Nick says to Shane, hey, man, Why'd you cut him? He got anything left in the tank? Like you would think there would be intimate knowledge there of Steichen telling Sirianni, hey, this guy can really help you guys. Or we cut him because he got nothing left. So I get it. We talked a little bit about this yesterday with Colin Thompson, who's a free agent, and he's gone through these calls and basically what you have to go through, MRIs and all sorts of stuff. So that sometimes doesn't make it as quick as you would think. He was released two weeks ago, though. He's been sitting on the street for two weeks. So you would think if the Eagles needed and wanted him. Now, did they need him a week ago? You would say, eh, maybe not. Well, then Cunningham gets banged up. But you're telling me that if this guy was healthy and it was as good as he was, the Eagles wouldn't have that intimate knowledge to say, you know what? This guy's better than what we got. Even though what we have hasn't been bad, we still need the depth. Let's call and bring him in. I think this whole thing is very interesting to me based on the relationships between Steichen and Sirianni, and I'm sure other people in that front office. And you could say other teams can probably have relationships somewhere not that intimate, where the two head coaches know each other that closely. So them not bringing him in, does that speak volumes to you guys at all? Well, uh, the whole issue of Indianapolis cutting them speaks volume. That, that, that is cautious to me because they are in it, as right. you mentioned. And, and real They're, quick, John, I, you know, 
I don't know the guy. I never covered the guy, but I, you're thinking, okay, is he a jerk? No, no he's the not guy's out there handing no, turkeys no. out. Yeah. He's at the stadium this no. week cheering on the team after he got cut. I would so, go so far as to say he's almost maybe legend is too big of a word, but he was a big part of that franchise's identity right. for a long time. And the indie people were shocked when they cut him. Um, now, understandably, his contract was huge. They were going to get rid of him after the season anyway, but they are in it at, with a rookie head coach to make up even the seventh seed. You're probably one and done, but that's big. That's big for a rookie head coach and to be able, nobody expected him to make the playoffs and they lose the quarterback and Gardner Minshew's the starting quarterback. If you can somehow make a playoff with that situation, that, that bodes well for the future. And they, and they cut him. It was weird. Yeah. Uh, now, they benched him, and they evidently don't think he was the player he once was. Um, so maybe it's just as simple as that. If he's not going to be a starter, you don't want him. Um, the Eagles are in a completely different position, obviously. You know, I, ironically, I think it's Nick Sirianni's relationship. Everybody's eyes roll when they hear him go with the connection stuff and blah, blah, blah. That might win him. Shaq Leonard over Dallas and if that turns out to be the difference is he is he what he once was no is he better than what the Eagles have yeah probably this is the classic if Dallas signs him he's cooked but if Philly signs him they got an all well, yeah yeah but I'm I'm not even talking about no well the Eagles aren't getting an all pro nobody's getting an all pro so people would think he's going to be an all pro that's that's not going to happen. Well, I, I guess the big question here, and especially he's not going to play this week, even if they did sign him, which no. isn't going to happen. But is he an upgrade over Zach Cunningham? Is well, he that to me is the most interesting part if they bring him in. If they bring him in, who do they bench? Because he's going to play. Do they bench Zach Cunningham or do they bench Nick Morrow? For some reason, Nick Morrow keeps playing well, and they don't seem to believe in him. I think ultimately if Shaq Leonard's here at the end of the year, it's going to be Shaq Leonard and Zach Cunningham. If he's healthy, you know, we're going to see with the hamstring. I, they don't seem to believe in Nick Morrow, no matter what. And the guy, I get it, but the guy just goes out there and performs pretty well. Yeah. And by the way, Leonard was released exactly eight days ago. So it hadn't been two weeks. There's been one weekend of action that has gone past since he got released, and you had to wait for him to clear waivers first. You had to see if somebody was actually going to claim him. That and happened on Tuesday. He got released on Tuesday, so it's been a full week. Yeah, so he missed one week of games. This would be the second week of games he would miss. So you're second right. Second week of games, but it yeah. hasn't been two weeks yet, I think. Yeah, he got released on Tuesday because I remember I was on remote right. that day. Um, mm-hmm. I'm just trying to factor that in because that's part of it because I know what I think he's got left his game. John knows what he thinks he got left his game. You know who's the biggest decider? The rest of the National Football League. We know no one picked him up because he had an outrageously large contract left. But since then, as far as I can tell, two teams have made an actual realistic play for him, and that's the Eagles and the Cowboys. So the rest of the league has kind of said, yeah, we don't have the insight that Shane Steichen might be willing to share with uh, Sirianni. So we'll just go by our scouts, and our scouts say he's nowhere near the player that he used to be. Um, I uh, so that's an injury deal issue the Eagles have to deal with. We'll find out a little bit more about Mitt Williams. 
How much do you think they missed Milt Williams last week in the middle of that defensive lineup? Well, you lost him and Fletcher. So now you you had basically two guys. I loved Milt Williams coming into this season, and this was before they drafted Jalen Carter. I really thought Milton Williams would, I don't want to say duplicate Hargrave, but he's a guy that gets to the quarterback. He has a limited amount of snaps, and he's still able to get hits and pressure. I think he had like four sacks last year in half the, you know, it doesn't play a lot of snaps. And if he got his snaps elevated, so I think Milton Williams being out is much bigger because Fletcher went out. Now, I don't know what yeah. Fletcher's status is because at the end of that game, you're rolling Jalen Carter and Jordan Davis almost every single snap. And yeah. obviously we saw what happened with Davis. He's out of gas. He's chasing the guy down, playing him that much, not to have that third guy to really, you know, rotate in there, uh, I think is a big loss, but it's, bigger because of the Fletcher injury. Because if you have three guys, you can at least kind of rotate the three in some sort of fashion. But it, I, John, do you have any update on Fletcher? Not Fletcher yet, but Milton was in the protocol. He's, he, had a he should be right? back. Yeah. yeah, he should be back. He doesn't have a history. He should be back. I'd be shocked if he's not back. But Fletcher will will have a better indication probably on Thursday. They'll they'll they have used, an estimated injury report, and today. they were using it looked like anyway that they had Jalen Carter lined up on the outside a little bit. Oh yeah, and, man, that dude. Oof. So I, if you I'm, can I'm get a, him on the, the outside the there with with uh, Milton as a part of the, almost three guys out there, that's you know that's a handful. By the way, he blocked a kick. Um, yeah. Jalen Carter, he you know. The week before in Kansas City, he's almost intercepting a Patrick Mahomes spike. Uh, he is so athletic for his size. And you just mentioned Jordan Davis running 17 miles an hour. One, he's gassed, by the way. Um, you know, he was completely done. That That's my biggest concern. Not a, Jordan Davis and Jalen Carter going into this week destroyed. I mean destroyed their career uh, snap highs. I, they played so much because the Eagles were on the field for we, 95 snaps. Yeah, we uh, we discussed yesterday because this had to do with the coach, you know, Brian Johnson. And I said, Sean Desai, I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't get head coaching interviews either. But my question was, number one, has Desai done a, a significant – upgrade over what Gannon did and does he have a more talented defense than Gannon did is this defense personnel wise better no not a no. chance no Just no. purely be because of the addition of the big guy in the middle no shot you can't no. say that there's this so much is good for, they had to replace too many guys yeah they're they're way you know just so, all, so do we think that Sean Desai has been a significant upgrade no no I he, don't but I think he's done a better job. I think than he's done Brian a solid Johnson. job. I, I'm not saying he's done a poor job, but the Eagles had the number two defense in the NFL. Well, well that's what I was saying. Is statistically yeah. speaking, you know, last year's defense was number two in football, yeah. and this defense, you know, pass defense, they're like bottom five yeah, in the like, league. Yeah. The sacks are way down, but this has to do with Jalen Carter because we were. I said, you know, talent wise, okay, is Carter. Carter's more better impactful. than Hargrave. Is he more impactful on this team than Hargrave was on last year's team? Yes, I would say yes. And overall, great overall, player. yes. To the pass yeah. rush, no. Overall, every snap, every down. Oh, I think Jalen yeah, Carter's 
better on the pass rush. I think he's better on every. Jalen Carter just beats how many, people. How like many a sacks drum. is Jalen Carter got? It, it does, Jody. You're obsessed with sacks. It's about impacting the game. The Eagles. One of the things, and Hassan talked about this um, when, um, you know, Josh Allen was getting the uh, um, intentional grounding call rather than taking the sack that a lot of people thought was a horse collar, but that's another conversation. Um, teams came into the season and because of last season, understandably so. And I said, if Jonathan Gannon was here, they weren't getting 70 sacks again. They weren't getting 70 sacks again. Everybody adjusts. They know they got to get the football out. Everybody's done it since week one. People have been cognizant. We got to get the ball out against this team. We got to get the ball out. And everybody speeds up. Not only guys who are speedy, like Brock Purdy this week, but the guys who aren't, like Kirk Cousins, sped up. Everybody sped up. Everybody speeds up against the Eagles. They're trying to get the football out. If you watch Jalen Carter on a snap-by-snap basis, the way he beats people is I, I, all I can call it is Aaron Donald-ish. He beats people on almost every single play, and they're very cognizant of it, and they're very understanding that they have to get the football out quickly or bad things are going to happen. He gets held a lot. They're not called. That's part of it. Aaron Donald lives with it. You got to live with it. He is a different type of player. A very, very rare type of player. He has been unbelievable. And I thought he was going to be unbelievable, but I didn't think he was going to be this good. He can't block. You can't block him. Uh, And nobody has been able to block him. And the biggest issue with Jalen Carter now is ramping him up. Now he played all those snaps because of Georgia and because of what they are and what they are. Nobody plays a lot of snaps there. And you got to get that conditioning to be able to do it every single play like Aaron Donald. If he gets to that point, oof, look out, look out. All right. I got a question for both you guys. Um, Mike, you first, and then you, John. Um, Nolan Smith. We use the phrase draft and develop much more so, you know, Mike, in baseball than we do in football. But it's based on the same process. You pick a guy, you got to coach him up. You got to get him used to your system. You got to build him up. You got to teach him. This guy's getting 10 snaps a game. He was a first-round draft pick. First, not third, not fifth, not seventh. First-round draft pick. And they can't get him on the field for more than 10 snaps a game. I'm sorry there's no way to look at that that say that's underachieving. Do we blame the Eagles more for overdrafting him? Or do we blame them over more for not getting him up to speed quickly enough? I, I understand uh, John's good buddy Schwartz's line of startup costs and rookies. Yes, have it. Ten snaps a game for a first-round draft pick is underachieving. I'm there's no way around it in my estimation. You can't come close to explaining it to me. I just want to know who's more at fault here: those who drafted him at number thirty or those that have him and can't get him up to speed enough to play more than 10 snaps a game? Well, I mean, underachieving would have to be, yes, based on the fact that you just mentioned his production isn't there for where he was drafted. Now, as the why, whose snaps is he taking, I guess, is the question. Derek Barnett, he had a chance to get him this week. They told Derek, get the hell out of here. Or uh, two weeks away. Derek Barnett wasn't playing very many snaps either. Um that's the hard part. He's getting is you 20 so much. Derek Barnett's getting more snaps than him. 
He gets yeah, twice as many. He was. Um, and you could, that's my thought process is you give him Derek. Derek was probably around 10. 10, right. And Nolan's probably around five, to be honest. Um, I think he played 10, uh, 10 this past week. So if you get him to like 15, 15 to 20, that's where I think he should be. And even if it's like, and I asked Sean this yesterday. I asked him that exact question. I do you want that fourth guy um in the rotation? He kind of admitted he does. So that says a lot that Nolan, yeah, it's a little disappointing that he hasn't been able to uh to get and the snaps. Here's his numbers seven, six, six, nine, eight, three, four, four, nine, five, and eleven against Buffalo. Uh-huh. I gave him too much credit. I thought he was at 10 because he was 10 last week. It's the first time he got to 10. Yeah, now, that was a career um, high. John, you see him in person on television watching him. My initial thought is he's pretty darn small. Yeah, I mean, he's very small. He looks small for the position that he plays. I mean, you're telling me he's well, getting they, Derek Barnett snapped. But they snapped. drafted him. He, he, he hasn't shrunk, has he? I no. get was, that, but he was is. the same size when they called his name out at number 30, and now they're realizing he's small? I get that, and I'm saying, so I don't know, when they drafted him, did they anticipate that his size was not going to be an issue, that he well, was that explosive of a player, that it wouldn't matter, and now they're seeing that maybe his he gets swallowed up a little bit. I mean, you don't get to see him do a whole heck of a lot to say, you know, like in the NBA, you see a guy play for 12 minutes, and you're like, how come this guy doesn't get more minutes? He's doing – He's out there so sporadically that he never gets in any sort of rhythm that you can get a proper judgment on what he can do in games. Now, they see him in practice. Now, keep in mind, see how small he is. In practice, is he going up against Jordan Mailata? He's probably getting swallowed, you know? like So I think his size has probably been an issue for him. Well, yeah, I mean, he is undersized. Now, one of the things, you know, Hassan Reddick's tremendously undersized as well. And I think maybe they got caught up and said, well, Hassan can do it. But just because, you know, he's the anomaly, it's not like you roll up every 235-pound guy and they're able to play the edge like Hassan Reddick. So maybe they got too caught up in that and saying, because you heard all those comps. Oh, he's like Hassan Reddick. But I, I, I wouldn't say it's time to give up on him. It, 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 and this happens a lot with offensive linemen. Typically, they gotta they gotta get in an NFL weight room, as they say, to get uh, stronger because they're going against these old men strength guys who are just so stinking powerful, and it takes them a little while to get that kind of strength. I think he needs better play strength, so you get him in that. They have him in the the strength program. You have the entire offseason. Maybe he comes back next year. He's a completely different player, but I think it's fair to say this year, yeah, it's a bit of a disappointment if you're looking for immediate and keep in mind Hassan Reddick, his first year, a first round pick. He wasn't too good. Well, they're also playing him. They played him out of position, but as he kind of found his way, he became a much better player a couple years. I mean, it took him two or three years before they finally figured out what to do with them. Now, Smith is in the role. I don't know. Is Smith even in the role that they that they wanted to be in? Yeah, he or definitely is. People is have talked about him at linebacker. He's not playing off ball linebacker. I get that. I got that again because the Eagles need a linebacker. Nolan yeah. Smith is not playing off ball linebacker. Stop yeah. it. Stop and it. I, 
I'd, I'd like to check Hassan Reddick's stats as a rookie. Um, playing out of position, as we all agree he was, I guarantee he was better than what Nolan Smith's doing. <laughs> Nolan Smith sounds to me averaging about seven snaps a game. Hassan Reddick, I'm guessing, played more and produced well, more than also, Nolan Smith. Now, to be fair, the Eagles are very deep. Like, if he got drafted by somebody else, he might be out there playing because they need somebody. The Eagles don't need somebody. They have Reddick, they have Sweat, they have Brandon Graham, who are going to get the vast majority of the snaps. Now, in my opinion, they need to find that fourth guy to limit some of the snaps that Reddick and Sweat are getting so they're as healthy and ready to go as possible. Now, Jody, I got the answer to your question. Yes. Hassan Reddick played three games. He started three games. He had 36 tackles, two and a half sacks as a rookie. The next year, he started 12 games as a linebacker. His first year, he played D-end. His second year, he played linebacker. And then he finally got moved to outside linebacker in 2020. And that is where he had 12 and a half sacks. Right. Um, His first three years in the league, he really didn't do. No, he was considered a linebacker. Everybody, uh, you got to use players right. Everybody dismisses scheme. There's a lot of talented players in the NFL are used incorrectly. Um, Hassan like was is, one of them. Do they like you know the Eagles are pretty strategic like this? You know, do they look at Reddick? Okay, he's twenty nine. This is what he's getting paid. Yeah. Oh no. When, doubt and we it. release him, and then Nolan Smith uh, oh, is yeah. the guy that steps into that spot. Not, not so much right now, but yeah, right. that was part of the thought process, no doubt about it. Because um, you, you, they already pays Sweat's underpaid because they got him done early. He's already, and you're going to start to have to talk about another extension for him. Hassan's underpaid after one year. Um, yeah. Even we joked it was the situation in training camp because he, he wasn't practicing early and people were saying, is this a hold in, you know, because he had such a big year and he was so underpaid and it turned out to be, no, he was just banged up, but um yeah, they're going to have to deal with the contract situation for both of those guys. A lot of them. Yeah. A lot of guys on this team. And we talked all the way around it. Neither one of you asked my question, so I'll ask it again. If we agree that he's underachieved here in year number one, more on overdrafted or more on undercoached? I don't think he was overdrafted. Um, so, I don't know that yeah. either of those answers are accurate. Yeah, Has to be. Are you are you going to say that he's not a disappointment for the amount well, over, of overdrafted to me? It depends. I guess hmm. it depends on depth. Everything's about definition. Overdrafted to me means if you didn't take him at thirty, you know he wasn't going to go to sixty, and that's not the case. They didn't leap. In fact, if anything, Nolan went a little bit lower than he was supposed to in most circles. So I don't think they overdrafted him. Um, is it development? Maybe. Is it? Uh, I just think it's I think a case it's... that he's on a team where Hassan Reddick gets all the snaps, and that's really the position that he should be playing. If he if he was, they have somebody that's in front of him that's one of the elite players in this league. So instead of just playing him out of position and having him stink, and people saying this guy can't play at all. They're just not playing him as much as we would like a first-round pick to play. So I don't know that that means he's overdrafted or undercoached. I think he's just blocked right now. Yeah, he is blocked. Like I said, if he was on a different team, we might be having a dip because he'd be forced to play. And he might not even be playing that well, 
But if you're getting 50 snaps, he might have six yeah, sacks, see, and people go, uh, that's pretty good. Then I'm then I'm putting it on the coaches. He was blocked by Derek Barnett. They thought so much of Derek Barnett this week, they released his ass. So he was the guy who was keeping him off the field. I'm sorry, that's on the coaches. Why haven't you developed? Why haven't you been able to coach him up if he was talented enough to be a first-round draft pick to be able to get him more snacks than Derek Barnett? If you can't get him past a guy that you – felt was giving you so little you released him released him is this okay here's a question are Derek Not Barnett and Hassan Reddick playing the same position no no. So him taking Barnett's getting blocked by Barnett that's still not the role that I think that suits him best so then the that's the question if he is the replacement for Hassan Reddick is this a Hassan Reddick? Can we write Hassan Reddick off for next year? Is he going to be dealt, going to be traded? Because if not, you're using a first-round pick for a guy who's going to sit on his ass for two years because he can't get into a game because all he can do is replace Hassan Reddick. Well, you're not banking on Hassan Reddick going anywhere, are you? No, but I, I think he's going to play more. It's just a matter of... Well, which is it? Mike just said, we can only look at well, him because Mike's... he's replacing Hassan Reddick. No, he's going to... Derek Barnett because it's a different position. Well, what position does Nolan Smith play? Uh, Well, he should be a Sam linebacker. He should be an overhang player, whatever you want to call it. JG used to call it overhang. Sam linebacker, people call it. Rush, rush, and uh, edge rusher. Um, from the strong side is typically where where they were the most natural fit. But yeah, he's going to play other spots. I mean, they move Hassan around, and he's going to play other spots, and he should be out there more. I'm not saying he shouldn't be out there more. There's a lot of movement pieces at Barnett's story. There's they didn't want to release him. He wanted out. They should have traded him. They didn't trade him. They could have traded him. Uh, and ultimately, it got to the they, point they where could, well, well, you got to explain this one, John. They could have traded him for what? What well, do you think I, the best pro- offer that probably was out there? probably a seventh round pick or something of that nature? Condition, nothing of value. Um, but Miami, it already came out. Miami wanted him. Uh, Houston wanted him, and and the Eagles didn't want to trade. But then it became untenable behind the scenes. He wasn't happy, and all this. So there's a lot of. They didn't just want to release him. And so then I'll ask you this one. Who's that on coaching staff or the general manager? If you got nothing for someone that you could have gotten. something, It's a mistake Uh, for the executive. How he's not perfect. How he's not perfect. And he thought he could manage the situation. He couldn't manage the situation. So if you want to blame it on Howie, blame it on Howie. There's, you know, 70 people, 70 players in the building. You go back to training camp. There's over a hundred when we had all injured reserve and everything else. Everything's not perfect. Despite the fact that everybody wants to, and nobody's offered that apology. When I said how he was top five back when they hated him, I'm still waiting for that. But now people are like, he never makes a mistake. He makes mistakes all the time. Everybody makes mistakes. Um, and he didn't handle that situation well. It's fair to say. Yeah, he's not batting a thousand. Nobody bats a thousand. No. Nobody. So you shouldn't Nobody. hold him to that kind of standard. All right, Mike Gill. Uh, the Eagles will win the game because blank. The Eagles will lose the game because blank. Pick or choose your blank and fill it in. It's a good one. Um, 
this is a, this is a weird stretch. You know, these five games, we've all been kind of trying to figure out how they get through this stretch. I think the Eagles will win the game because they will be very focused to win this game. There's been so much back and forth and how important it is. If they win the game, San Francisco essentially has no shot at getting the number one seed. The Eagles have a 95% chance of getting the number one seed if they win this game, which means I think they probably lose to Dallas and Seattle. So I'll say the Eagles will win this game because this is essentially a playoff game for them. And this is their key to home field advantage to get them back to the Super Bowl. They will be prepared for that. I think the two teams... Very similar, very equal. I like the Eagles offensive line a little bit better than the San Francisco offensive line. I think their secondary has some questions. Uh, Funga being out is a big question, a big problem for them uh, in this game. I think the Eagles are going to have a handful with McCaffrey, Kittle, but I like Philadelphia home field advantage at stake in the game. They'll be focused and ready, and that's why I say the Eagles will win the game because this, to me, is a Basically, a, a key to the Super Bowl. Oh, that's pretty damn big. If it plays out that way, it's going to make a great game on if, Sunday. If San Francisco wins, by the way, they have a 35% chance of getting that number one seed. It's not a huge door that opens, but it's a lot more than zero. I mean, they got about no chance to get a number one seed if they lose this game. Agreed. Mike Gill, always a pleasure. Thank you very much for coming on board today. We'll get you up next week. All right, everybody. See ya. Thanks, Mike. There he is, Mike Gill from uh, the Sports Bash, 97.3 ESPN down the shore, where John McMullen will be making an appearance today or tomorrow. Which one are you doing? Can't go uh, What's today? Wednesday? Today? Yeah, I'll be on there today. You'll be on today. Yeah. So if you haven't gotten enough McMullen here on Birds 365, it's you hard get to imagine. Yeah. a little bit later on. All right, uh, Mac and Mac coming back. We've got our buddy, Les Bowen, going to join us coming up in less than 10 minutes. So don't even think about going anywhere. <laughs> Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. They're carving him up and good play calling along the way. First and goal at the six. On the field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank.
We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed to move to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program ensures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. You got the mac a mac guy, Jody McDonald, John McMone here with you on Birds 365. Hey. I got to give him credit. Uh, our buddy, Dominique, uh, who basically takes a shot at me every single day, waited an entire hour before he said that I was uh, blatantly rooting against the Eagles and that I'm a hater. I think he called me a weirdo today because I pointed out that Nolan Smith, as the 30th pick in the draft, has done next to nothing this year. So if that bothers you that I want to know why that's the case and I'm going to tap into my guy McMullen and or Mike Gill to render an opinion, I'm sorry I can't hold the, the, the pom-poms up for the entire uh, two-hour show. you got to be like Brian Johnson. Ignore I can't the do criticism. that. Ignore the criticism. They're always going to be there. They're, 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 people are, you know, they like to hate. Um, you know, they're calling for Brian to get fired at 9-1. and one. Uh, there's, uh, there's a lot of hate out there, a lot of angst. Yeah, and I don't get that about Brian uh, at a little bit because he's doing a, a, a an outstanding job. Both both the two no coordinators are for for my money. Um, I do give the side a little bit more credit. And you got to admit this, John. He makes halftime adjustments, even if he doesn't do it on a blackboard. In the locker room, if it's only no, between I, I don't. His he two makes years. adjustments starting after series one. He makes adjustments the entire game. That's what Jim uh, Jim Schwartz said. No, yeah, we make adjustments from sometimes play one, play uh, one to play two. There are yeah. adjustments. Right. Um, that's that's all he's saying. There are no drastic. Like, I got this question, Jody. Right. But well, Sorry, I got to interrupt you and Jim Schwartz if I need to. You cannot deny that the 15 minutes that you are not playing football gives you a chance to think more about potential changes that you would make. That's why when you say halftime adjustments, you're right. From play one to play two, you can in your own mind make an adjustment and do something a little bit differently. You got 40 seconds. 
when you have 15 minutes at half and you've got that much more time to think it through, that's a bigger adjustment. That's more of an adjustment. You have more time to make that mental adjustment. That's why I think it is reasonable to say, what did you do at halftime? What, what were the halftime adjustments? Just because there's more time involved. Well, that's fine. I'm not going to argue with you there. But I, I, you know, from the standpoint, and that's what I, I, I got this question yesterday on a different platform. Um, did the Eagles change their offensive game plan at halftime? And I'm like, man, I, 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 you know, you practice, you practice, you play what you practice. You don't sit there and you start in, and I always use the James Franklin example in Penn State and people upwards, they were playing Ohio State. It was fourth and four. You've heard me say this. They run an RPO. It didn't work. They typically lose to Ohio State. They lost the game. And people want them to pull something out of their ass that, you know, Bill Walsh used to run in the 80s. You don't practice it. You don't run it. You you run what you practice. You play what you practice. You practice all week. And I know we joke about that the Eagles don't prepare, but I'm talking about meetings and walkthroughs and everything. And you implement the game plan. No, you don't rip it up and change it to a completely new game plan in the second half. The Eagles didn't execute in the first half. They executed well in the second half. That's it. It might seem simple, but that's it. That's it. They didn't change their game plan. They ran the same bubble screens. They ran the same pin and pull RPOs. Look at look at the, the final play. Look at how well-designed that final play was, the walk-off play. Look at the DeAndre Swift. Uh, Pran Duppy does a great job for the Eagles uh, on their website. Check out his. He shows the pin and pull on DeAndre Swift's 36-yard run. Perfectly blocked. You will not see a play more perfectly blocked than that in the NFL. Literally, everybody. The, the entire offensive line and Jack Stoll, perfect. Does that happen on every play? No. When it does happen, 36-yard game. But is, is it is it the d- design that breaks it for 36, or is it the play? Are we saying... The players will dictate the success and failure of oh, every yeah, single the, play. The players, can there it, ever be a flawed design? It, uh, sure, there could be a flawed design. Sure, there can be. Um, but the Eagles are generally pretty good at uh, designing plays and things of that nature. Same thing with Kyle in San Francisco. It, it, and I always say, is it is it talent or coaching? Nobody ever wants to blame the players, uh, at least the players they like, they want to, and then it becomes the coach. Then it becomes Brian Johnson. Then it right. becomes Brian Johnson. Um, but yeah, when the players execute, and and what Nick Sirianni says, show me a good coach, I'll show you a bunch of good players. Um, and that's what the Eagles have, and that's what San Francisco has, a bunch of good players. Mm, right. Both teams have good players. Most times this year, when the Eagles have played. Put the rosters up against each other before the game starts. Kansas City, for me, was the only one who was in the same conversation with the Eagles. I think they have a much more talented roster than the Bills. Bills have a couple of star players in very important positions, but their roster isn't nearly as good top to bottom as the Eagles is. They've had one team that has matched up against them talent-wise this year was Kansas City. 
this will be the second with San Francisco this week. All right. He's McMullen. I'm McDonald. We're hoping to have Les Bowen, longtime Eagles beat writer, now turned podcast host, Bowen on the Birds. Uh, Les Bowen scheduled to join us next here on Birds 365. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed to move to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program ensures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, Blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday, watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game, and the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. You got Mac and Mac here on Birds 365. Waiting on Les Bowen. I'm surprised. I just texted him and said, uh, "Do you get the link here, buddy?" Uh, Les uh, yesterday said he loved. He actually went down the road of uh, Shirley. He said, "Surely I'll do it." And I yes. didn't. Say, he, Les is a Southern gentleman. 
So, you know. No, he wasn't being a sudden judgment. He said he was trying to set me up for uh, the Frank. What was? Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, Frank Drebin. Frank uh, Drebin. Shirley, line. Yeah. 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 Don't call me Shirley. And I didn't no. use it. So uh, so I just texted him and said, Shirley, you've gotten the link by now. But we're still waiting on Les Bowen. I uh, need you to look up a couple of pro football focus rankings for me. Did you ever get the Purdy one where he ranks overall in the NFL? As well? uh, 13th. Number he thirteen, the 13th ranked quarterback. All right, um, Christian McCaffrey. Pretty good, by the way. Hey, I'm actually surprised. I thought he'd be in the top ten. Um, Christian McCaffrey compared um, to the other running backs in the league. Where would Pro Football Focus number one? Numero uno. Um, and who's two? Derrick Henry. Eagles didn't play him. Who's three? Uh, David Montgomery. Eagles haven't played him. Who's four? Raheem Mostert. All right. The Eagles did play him. At least that's one guy. Or, yeah, Mostert played that week. It was yeah, a who was out of he the lineup. Um, so they, they haven't played too many of the top running backs in the league. That's going to be a big issue on Sunday, John. Uh, we'll run that by our yeah. Christian's one with a bullet. Uh, yeah, he's he's a great player. He is a great, great player. Uh, that will be the first question I will ask our guests. He has joined us. He's ready to hop aboard from Bowen on the Birds. Longtime Eagle beat writer Les Bowen here on Birds 365. All right, LB, let's go right into the deep lane. How are the Eagles going to stop Christian McCaffrey? Ah, oh, well, that's a very good question. Uh, I think he's uh, most effective uh, because he doesn't just run the ball. He catches it and runs with it after the catch. Um that you know they, they've been pretty good against the run except for that one game uh recently but uh you know it's uh there's a lot with this offense that you have to stop i don't think it's just mccaffrey he's certainly the key he's the catalyst i think but uh you got to worry about aok you got to worry about debo you you know it's uh kittle it's uh it's going to be quite a this will be the toughest test for the eagles defense overall and uh, I don't know how they're going to get this done, frankly. Uh, it bothers me that the 49ers are really good at throwing the ball over the middle, which has been a huge issue for the Eagles all season. And uh, I don't think they're likely to become uh, real proficient at stopping it uh, suddenly this week. So, yeah, You know, it's ironic, there. Les. I think they've gotten slightly better, even yeah. though maybe it doesn't show. I think Byard was, was better um, yeah. dealing with uh, Dalton Kincaid. Um, the numbers maybe weren't great. And I think Bradley Roby has settled down the slot issues, at least a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, this is sort of like the Eagles are figuring out how the other half lives when Dallas Goddard's healthy. It's usually opposing yeah. teams going, what do we do? We're, who, who are we going to stop? Now the Eagles got to deal with it. It's like, what, who are you going to take away? And all right, if you want to take away Christian McCaffrey, here's Debo. Here's yeah. George yeah. Kittle. Here's Brandon Ayuk. It's pretty impressive, uh, that offense as a whole. Um, and Kyle Shanahan, I don't like him as a head coach because I think he makes game management mistakes. But when it comes to play calling and play design, there's nobody better in the NFL. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And that is something that we have struggled with uh, watching the Eagles you know, uh, the first halves, particularly lately, uh, Sunday's game would 
complete disaster for the first half and then a very efficient second half from the Eagles. Very good play design. But, uh, you know, you just this is going to be a game where, you know, we, we keep saying this over and over and over and over. But at some point, it's going to be true. You just can't spend the first half, you know, handing the ball off to guys that are trying to block and, you know, missing every throw and looking for stuff that isn't there. And, uh, you know. So where are you on Brian Johnson? Because I got a lot of, I got an amazing amount of fire Brian Johnson at halftime of the Bills game. They're nine and one at that point. They're 10 and one now. I mean, there's got to be a, uh, all right, you can criticize a little bit, but he's not doing yeah, a terrible I, job. Obviously, you're not going to fire him, but I do think these are issues. I mean, we all see it. It's it's not it, – it reminds me a little bit of the Jonathan Gannon debate last season where everybody looks at the end result and says, well, well, what's the problem? And we all see the problem. I mean, it, and maybe some of it is Nick. Maybe it isn't Brian Johnson, but – you do need to use motion uh, a little more than they do. I think uh, they used it to walk off that works. Yes, yes yeah. they did. Yes. Yeah. Uh, you do need to have a hot read on a blitz, uh, which is something that over and over again. This yeah. season that has been a problem. Uh, and it just, it, it really looks to me, and this might be an incredibly uneducated, uh, stupid opinion, but is Jalen hurts being prepared properly? for what he's going to see every Sunday from the opposition. I mean, he goes out there and they're trying to run plays that the other team is all over, you know, and he's looking downfield and he's not finding stuff early. And then they go in at halftime and kind of reboot and, and everything works out. Uh, You know, it's not quite that neat, but it, it just seems to me, I just wonder if they are really, doing the kind of preparation that you need to really, you know, get off on the right foot and be, uh, you know, efficient from the word go or whether they're just sort of feeling their way through this and, you know, Oh, okay. That didn't work. Well, let's see, what else could we do here? You know, I, that's why it looks to me, John, I, I don't know about Brian Johnson. I mean, we were both ready to, you know, burn down Michael Clay's house and now they have, Excellent special. Yeah, so maybe we're maybe yeah. we're wrong. I don't know. Here's uh, let me throw this one by you. I don't think it's preparation. I think it might be predictability. Yeah, that other teams kind of got a good grasp, and and sports players, coaches, everybody in general hates when you use the word guess. That if mm-hmm. you're guessing, if you're a hitter and you go in and you're guessing fastball, you get a fastball. Oh, I didn't guess. It's just me. No, you guessed. Yeah. You guess all the time when you're playing sports. And the offensive coordinator versus defensive coordinator, mano a mano matchup. Every week in the NFL, there's a whole bunch of guessing involved. Maybe they're just guessing right against the Eagles. The Eagles have a tell that this is what we're going to do early in the game, and the other team has the ability yeah. to, to decipher it ahead of time and be ready for it. And when they take away the tell and they just go, yeah, we're not going to stick to the scripted play that we came up before the game. We're going to let it just rip. All of a sudden, the Eagle offense kicks into gear. Are they too predictable, Les Bowen? Boy, that's a good question, Jody. I think you might be onto something there. Certainly, that bubble screen is, you know, ah, every team they've play. played yeah. is all over that. It's like waiting for it. You know, like, 
please run it. And they still do <laughs> over and over and over again. Uh, I don't know when the last time was that it really worked for big yardage, but uh, they're now, gonna... Les, I don't know if you saw, but Brian gave Brian was asked about the bubble screen. Now, Jody yeah. knows my deep love and devotion for the bubble screen. Mm-hmm. Um, I hate it, it's uh, the ugliest play in football. People talk about brotherly shove i think it's the bubble screen i think it's ugly i think it's but here's the thing Les. everybody runs it yeah did you watch monday night chicago they just ran another bubble screen they ran but it 15 did they block times. it better than the eagles seem to probably but uh, here's the thing that brian said and i i i have to give him credence on this he, he said not all bubble screens are created equally sometimes you're trying to make a play Sometimes you're trying to get out of a bad play. And he, and he said, you know, you might have the numbers. You thought you had the numbers in the box, but you don't. So you change yeah. it to the bubble screen and you get two yards instead of losing two yards. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then again, the walk-off play, that's a fake bubble screen. It's actually Jalen Hurts has the choice. It's an RPO. DeAndre yeah. Swift was going out to run the bubble screen. Three players went his way. He went to the quarterback draw touchdown. There are reasons, and and you work and you play off of it. But mm-hmm. man, it's an ugly play. So I get it. It's aesthetically unpleasing. But everybody, it's sort of like modern football. Everybody, but I do think it. they are predictable, and I think they could do a lot more. I don't understand why you can't just throw a slant to to Brown every you know, almost every play, I, I, you know, how I, you just don't see it enough. You saw it a lot last year. Um, it, it, there are a lot of things that they just don't look for that, that bother me. Um, I would look to run the ball to the left side where there's Jordan Mylotta and Landon Dickerson a lot more than they do. Um, they did that with some success uh, last Sunday after several, failed attempts at running it to the right side uh, with uh, a substitute right tackle playing, you know, um, I, I, they're just things that just puzzle me. It really, they really do. Yeah, that's where I was going. Thank you for quasi beat me there, Les. Uh, John brought it up the other day. I guess Baldy had a great video breakdown on it that the Eagles run too much to their right. Last year, behind those two guys on the left side, Dickinson, Mulata, it was as good a side to pick to run in the National Football League, any team. And yeah. they're not doing it near as much this year. And they didn't do it in the first half either. No. They were still running to the right because I guess that's the way they lay it out when they put their first 15 games, 15 plays on a game on paper. But then the second half, number one, they ran left more. And number two, they used Swift more. Because yeah. you got to get uh, Gainwell his touches early in the game. They even went so far as to give Boston Scott a bunch of touches early in the game. Do well, he think, had two. So do you think he did really just, well on those two, by the way. I'm not anti it's a Sirianni thing? Do yeah. you think that Sirianni is the, the first, team, first 15 plays, that's his baby? Johnson nods his head and goes, all right, coach, that's what we're doing. No, it's your team. And then after they get through 15 that the offensive coordinator has got more to do with the actual play calling. I, I don't really know. I don't know how they do it in their meetings. Uh, they probably arrive at some sort of consensus on the first 15 plays. And then after that, it's the offensive coordinator, as you're saying, 
you know, saying, okay, I think we should do this, but I think Sirianni still has input during the, you know, the rest of the game. Uh, my solution has been to let Jason Kelsey call the plays, but <laughs> probably won't work out. Uh, as long as he doesn't call, uh, call not, those yeah. plays. As long as he doesn't call starts. Uh, yeah. yeah. That's, the, that's well, kind that of was PJ. weird. Did anybody yeah. else think that was weird? Uh, the second one in particular was almost imperceptible to the human eye. Yeah. I is something going on there? Are teams like being pressured to are refs being pressured? To I think Jason or? does that little uh, uh, trick with the football. Yes. Um, yes. And I think, you know, people are trying to make the officials very aware of it. Um, so maybe it's partially that he did admit that he committed two false starts. Yeah. Um, but that that's Jason. You know, would have been interesting if Jake Elliott missed a field goal if he would yeah. have admitted it. Yeah. But uh, yeah, typically he does. I I think he would have. Um, but yeah, I it's it's to call it in that situation if you're not calling it. He does it all the time, mm-hmm. and I don't know if that's exactly what happened uh, because I didn't go back and look at it that closely. The, the two false starts, but it was the little ball trick he does. Why aren't you calling that earlier? Why you yeah. can't just just yeah, just suddenly it. decide? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but to get back to back, well, let's talk about Jake Elliott. I didn't think he was making that kick. Less is, is he the best kicker? David Akers, we all know, tremendous longevity. Brandon Graham just passed him uh, for the longest tenured Eagle, but they've never had a kicker like Jake Elliott. This no, they haven't. And, and David Akers was wonderful <laughs> for his era. Yeah. But I think just like quarterbacking, kicking has kind of, uh, you know, the, yeah, the, the level yeah. has gone up over yep. the last 10, 15 years. I, I really think Elliot is, I mean, he makes longer kicks more routinely than Akers ever did. Um, Akers was better at tackling returners, <laughs> which they used to like, no, no, stop doing that. Stop doing that. You're going to get hurt. But he was, he loved that, man. It yep. was, Jake's a better golfer, ping yeah. pong player. Jake's a great Jake's athlete. Great really. he's a, people he's great don't understand everything. this yeah. because he's a small guy. But I remember the first time I saw when Carson Wentz used to do that softball game. At the, oh, at unbelievable softball player. First time I saw Jake Elliott play shortstop, I was like, this guy looks like a major league shortstop. You know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, he's a very good athlete. Yeah. Um, yeah. People joke about it all the time. He wins everything. No matter mm-hmm. what they're doing, Jake Elliott wins it. Um, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. Uh, right. He is a tremendous athlete. Again, my apologies to the Eagle fans here on the stream who want me to uh, pom-pom wave and only point out things that would be uh, advantageous. They always want the pom-poms, Jody. Get the pom-poms out. No, I got to ask a question that's not pom-pom-like. AJ AJ Brown has had two less-than-stellar production weeks the last two weeks. Hmm. I think a lot of that has to do with the other team saying – you're not beating us. We're doubling you. We, we got to bracket your ass. It's not happening. So, J- Jalen, you better be able to throw it elsewhere. And guess what? Jalen has. But AJ doesn't always handle not putting up numbers well. 
sometimes mm. with verbal uh, assaults of his quarterback on the sidelines, others with quotes after the game. Coming into this game, San Francisco missing. Uh, he said Talafunga out of the lineup, so their secondary isn't going to be as good as it, it can be, but <clears throat> it's pretty damn good. They got one of the best yeah, defense and one of the best pass defenses in the NFL. What are they going to do about getting A.J. Brown the ball this week? That's a good question. I Like I said, I'd throw him those slants. Uh, yeah, I He's bigger and stronger than the guy he's going against in every uh, every uh, situation there. And maybe with Fred Warner lurking, you, you maybe don't want to do that as much this week. I don't know. But uh, I was glad they got him the little touchdown catch last week. It was a three-yarder, but it was a touchdown catch for A.J., and I thought maybe that would – appease him somewhat uh you're right that is something you need to worry about he's probably the only guy on the team that you really have to think about uh, keeping him happy you know i don't think Devontae cares right now at this point in his career whether he gets the ball that much or not but uh, aj certainly does care and i think they probably need to think about that after you said two straight weeks of uh you know other teams kind of trying to take him away uh they're going to need him this week. I mean, I, I think if they, if he only has one or two catches this week, I think they lose. I mean, I think he's their best receiver and I think he has to play well against the, the only offense in the league that I think matches up, you know, pound for pound with the Eagles, except yeah. maybe on the offensive line. But is it a coincidence less that, you know, when AJ has a little bit of a down uh, period, you know, Devontae's going for six and 99 and then seven for 106. To me, well, no, it's just like, not. yeah, yeah. Um, you're they're trying to take away AJ and they go to Devontae. I think that's yeah. been a strength of this particular team. Now, when you don't have Dallas Goddard, um, and there's some rumblings, we'll get a better indication this week. I find it hard to believe Dallas is going to try to yeah. play this week, but uh. It's a long season. I really, yeah. unless he's like totally healed and, yeah. you know, I, I would not do that. I it, And that's have, one of those things where, you know, players say, I'm ready to go. Right. And then the doctors say, uh, no, you're not. Right. Settle down a little right. bit. I think that's what's going to go on this week with Dallas Goddard. But as a whole, they've kind of struggled without Dallas Goddard, yeah. at least for six quarters. And they finally got it going in the second half against Buffalo. They played a lot of four receiver sets. Um, Julio's not getting the ball. I guess he just um, doesn't have anything left. I would I would yeah. have thought that would be something they'd go to right away, but we haven't seen it. We really no, haven't. No, we haven't seen it. All we see is a bubble screen for nothing each week. Alameda had the big touchdown, but that's completely off schedule. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah. Schoolyard play. Jody's favorite player, Quez Watkins, is back. He gets nothing. Um, then, no, I forgot that he played in that game. Yeah, really yeah he I, was out there. I didn't look for him in the game, and then I saw in the stats, you know, oh, yeah, he was in that game. You know, yeah, he, got 15 or so, did yeah. nothing. Um, Quez, that, Wat Quez Watkins played more snaps than Nolan Smith. Enough said. Yeah. 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 Um, do they need to get – a third person involved or is DeAndre Swift running the football, doing some things is, is he the third guy? Is it even needed? 
Um, you could make a running back the third guy, but I think you can throw to those guys. You know, you can throw to DeAndre Swift. You can certainly throw to Gainwell or Boston Scott, who's, I think, a very, you know, you don't want to overuse Boston Scott. But I think you can he's, – he's a veteran. He, he's not going to screw up. I would make more use of him than they do. But I, that's a good question. They threw once to Jack Stoll and he caught the yeah, pass. You know, yeah. uh, maybe you could do we that a little catch. more. You know, you don't Jack always to. catches it. Last year yeah. they threw it to him seven times when when Dallas was out. He got all yeah. seven of them. Seven yeah. targets, seven catches. And they have these other tight ends around. It's like they're there for some reason. I don't know why. I mean, they're not. They're they're supposed to be pass catchers, right? Calcaterra and uh, Alvaro. Well, Grant's hurt. He's yeah. he didn't play. He's, he's in a walking boot. Um, oh, I didn't Albert, know he was in a walking boot. Okay. Yeah. I we'll see how he is. Last week he he was in a walking boot, yeah. so doesn't look. But even when he wasn't, it wasn't no. like they yeah. were trying to get him the ball. Like, you know. Yeah. I, Albert Agwegbanon. I'd like to say that. Got that down. Um, yeah. Got it. Um, Very good. Yeah. Impressive. Um. Yeah, I mean, he he did some things in Denver. Hasn't been able to get involved. Does that surprise you at all? You know, it's a team like this. It doesn't really surprise me. I mean, you expect a guy like that to get more opportunities with a team that was really struggling. You know, that didn't have the weapons the Eagles have. I mean, he's got to. I think he's got to stand on his head and practice really to get into the game plan very much here. Uh, I guess that hasn't happened. I don't know. And they also have Noah Togai. Noah Tungai, yeah. Tungai. Noah, yeah. Yeah, he's back. Uh, for the He's he's trying to threaten Julian Vanderbelde, I guess. Um, for most times he's on got, and yeah, off he's got a He's Coming got a ways down. to go. He's got a ways yeah. to go to catch Julian. Yeah, that's but, uh, for for quick that John will uh, appreciate the reference. Last night, I'd, or last night, the 14-time world champion of wrestling. You know what that means? You lost 13 times. So if it's your eighth time with the Eagles back, you know what that means? They cut your ass seven times. So yeah. I, I I, don't think it's the kind of bragging that you want to do that you continue to come back to the team. Speaking right, of which, what's Richard Rogers doing these days? He's got to be somewhere. We yeah, talked they're... about uh, great softball players. Richard yeah, Rogers hitter. was a hitter. phenomenal really? softball yeah. player. Yeah. He had, well, he, he had, was a great baseball player. He had big college, dick power. Yeah. Is that what you're telling me, yes. Richard Rogers? Okay. Richard Rogers was walk off Carson Wentz home run mm-hmm. champion. Yeah. Um, Tremendous power. Did, did not know of his uh, power prow, uh, prowess. They kept, I, I, I'm convinced they kept him around just to play in that softball game. I'm well, you know, I thought he did okay. I mean, I thought he was pretty reliable when he you did. pulled him. He, he did. Could, Every time he one got of those a chance. guys, and it's a yeah. rare talent. It's like being yeah. a pinch hitter in baseball. I say it all the time. I love that. Toss analogy. you in there and you can be productive. Yeah. That's that's not easy to do. Yeah. All right. If I told you, Les Bowen, that you had a chance to wager on this upcoming game, and uh, that they would give you a hundred to one odds that if you could pick the player on the Eagles or the 49ers in the secondary who gets an interception, ooh. who would you put your money on? Well, you know, the 49ers don't have a lot of interceptions. They're not a big ball hawking team. Um, Nor are the Eagles. No, are the Eagles. That's right. Uh, I'll probably take an Eagle just to be. Uh, I'd, I'd probably take Slay. I, 
Mm-hmm. Pick Slay. How many interceptions does Slay have this year? Uh, two or three. Uh, I don't know. I don't know, but he's a guy that looks for them, and you know, I think he'll be he'll get some business this week. So a lot of teams go away from him, but I think the 49ers have enough weapons that you know, they'll want to. Uh, he'll he'll see the ball this week. I think more than he usually does. I'm going to go Kevin Bayard. That's now a that good, they have Kevin. Yeah, yeah. Kevin's a he, he's a, he's a playmaker when he gets the opportunity. He's got good ball skills. Um, yeah, why not we'll go Kevin Bayard? Makes sense. Yeah, to see, me. I I wouldn't go Bayard because Kittle's just nuts. If Kittle has to, he'll 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 crush Bayard. If Bayard got a chance to get a pick, Maybe Kittle so. Kittle yeah. will keep that from happening. He'll turn into a defensive player like that. That's true. You're, he's a great athlete, George Kittle. Um, tremendous. I, I remember back in the day, I used to get killed for that. When Zach Ertz had his uh, uh, big catch season last, what, what mm-hmm. was it? One third. It was an absurd yeah. number of catches. Get the record, yeah. And I, I voted for the PFWA All-Pro team, and I voted for George Kittle. Oh, mm-hmm. Eagles fans were in sense. Yeah. They found out pretty quickly of, oh, He's a pretty good player. <laughs> he is a very good player. I, you know, there it's a great era for tight ends. Yeah. It really is. Uh, some of the best ever, I think, are in the game right now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Travis Kelsey, uh, Mark Andrews is hurt right now. TJ Hawkinson's tremendous. Dallas is tremendous. Dallas Goddard, a lot yeah. of good tight ends. Yeah. And the Eagles tend to struggle with all of them. Uh, the opposition. Yeah, true too. yeah. Unless this may surprise you. You know how many interceptions the Eagles have as a team this year? Maybe six. five or six. Six. How yeah. many do you think the 49ers have? Seven, I think. I think I just looked it up. It was 15. No, I don't think so. But I could be wrong. I could have looked at the wrong column in the stat thing. That's certainly very possible. You what know who's got a bunch? San Francisco. Fred Warner. The, they get, really? they get okay. IMTs from their linebackers. Don't listen to which, me. That doesn't happen. Yeah, San, San Francisco's uh, at first in the NFL where they're oh, okay. uh, turnover differential. Well, they're never plus 11, mind. Plus 11. Eagles are minus two. They're yeah, plus they 11. Because yeah. uh, they have these weird turnovers every week. You know, like the – that's one thing I'd like to see Jalen get better at. I, it's not really a quarterback's fault when a ball gets batted and it's intercepted, but – as a guy who isn't 6'5", I think Jalen needs to be cognizant of the defense, the rusher having his hands up, and you need to, you know, do what Drew Brees used to do and sort of find your lane there and not just throw it into the guy. Michael Vick used to drive me crazy with that. You know, he'd throw it into the rusher's hand. I mean, it like he thought it was going to go through, you know, somehow. <laughs> A little too confident yeah. his own ability to laser thin get one through. All right, let's uh, before we let you run, need to get you on record. I asked Mike Gill this question. I'm going to ask it to you the same exact way. So you pick or choose what way you want to go. The Eagles will win because blank. The Eagles will lose because blank. Pick or choose your blank and fill it in. Oh, okay. Ah. Well, I have scenarios for both. Uh, but I'll just take win for, for the fun of it. They'll win if uh, Jalen Hurts decisively outplays Brock Purdy and if the Eagles' defensive line uh, 
decisively outplays the 49ers offensive line. Those are the uh, two. Where I'm going last. And those yeah. are the two most realistic. I mean, you could all kinds of things could happen. You know, they could have a, a Britton Covey punt return for a touchdown or something. But I, those are two things that are possible that I think are very possible. Yeah. We and should get Britton Covey as love. How good has Britton Covey been this year? My, it, my, it's that, amazing. We, the coach did really, the other day. Coach oh, yeah, went, yeah. went out of his way to put Britton yeah. on a pedestal that he's earned. But I also think they're blocking so much better. They are. And that's where uh, Kaylee Ringo uh, yeah. and, and Josh Job come into it. Haven't done well at uh, in the secondary, but their special teams are a lot better. And those sure. are uh, two big reasons for it. Um, the game inside the game. Nobody likes to talk about special teams. At Les Bowen, make sure you follow yes, you. Les on X or formerly known as Twitter. Bowen on the Birds podcast. Uh I'm going to be on there. Yes, special soon. guest John McMullen this Friday. Yeah, this week? You're, yes. you're sucking Johnny Mac in this week? Indeed. It's a big week. I have to have a, a heavy hitter there, Jody. You smart, know. You're a smart man, Les Bowen. I got to give you that much. All right, it'll be a pleasure. Always thank you much for hopping on board. We'll punch up again in a couple weeks. Thank you very much, guys. Take care. Thanks, Our Les. Pleasure. Les Bowen, uh, a major guest addition to Bowen <laughs> on the Birds this week. He's Johnny Mac. He's slumming. Johnny Mac jumping in with uh, Les Bowen on Bowen on the Birds. All right. He's slumming with me here on Birds 365. McMullen and McDonald back to put a bow on the show. you own a company and you're not producing a podcast you're missing out the public consumes messaging when they're ready join the professional podcast network of companies and let jacob media partners put you in the podcast arena come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast call jacob media right now at 267-261-3428 267-261-3428 my name is dr bruce grossinger and I'm the medical director of Philadelphia PRP and Stem Cell Institute. I'm reaching out to those who suffer from spine and joint pain. We use treatment methods that require no surgery, no scalpel, no drugs. Running, walking, or whatever your desires are, Dr. Groshner is where you need to come. You can benefit from the same PRP and stem cell treatment as Wilbert Montgomery. Call us now at 610-222-5675. Any professional sports coach will tell you there's no substitution for preparation. At Malamut & Associates, that is a tenet by which we live. We prepare from day one for victory. Anything less is not acceptable. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday, watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money 
in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game, and the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Johnny Mac, Johnny Mac, the Mac and Mac guys. Last segment here on Birds 365 for Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Boom, 49ers are here. Um, yeah, some of the uh, people don't like my hypothetical question. So let me ask you, John McMullen, direct questions. What time is Nick Sirianni scheduled to speak to you today? Uh, 12.30. By the way, uh, can I jump in and uh, some breaking news? Please. If I tell you John Clark somewhere, where where is he? Oh, that would be the airport. Johnny Clark spending quality time in the airport. Johnny's at the airport, and he got the picture with uh, Big Dom, Dom DeSandro, welcoming Shaq Leonard. He's here. Get excited. Uh, nice job by our buddy John Clark, who has an apartment. At the airport. Uh, yeah, I think he actually does pay rent. You've got a point there. Um, so they get Shaq in and out of the building before Sirianni talks? Because you guys going to be down. I said he'd be in before we talk. No, he's going to be there. We're just not going to be able to see him, obviously. But, uh, yeah, he's got to go. Is through. there a secret escape hatch uh, down there that uh, probably they probably got a to. They probably got a tunnel out yeah, to Patterson right. Avenue somewhere down could very well be. Uh, so Sirianni is scheduled, and that could be changing depending on how the Shaq Leonard meeting is going. Um, uh, the walkthrough comes afterwards? Uh, yeah, the walkthrough um, comes afterwards. Uh, the uh, locker room is open after Nick talks, so we'll get to talk to the players. About all the trash talk, all that good stuff. I'm trying. That's to before it. the walkthrough. Uh, the, you get yes, you get, you get locker room time, so the walkthrough won't really come down till later. Walkthrough on is at uh, officially one forty-five, close to the media. Um, so that doesn't leave you. How long are you in the locker room for? What's twelve your... or forty-five minutes always. A local ro- lo- uh, locker room opens at twelve forty-five. Open for forty-five minutes, um, three times a week. Locker room, forty-five minutes, and then they get out and get their walkthrough in, and uh, they will not have Shaq Leonard walking through with them. He's going to be walking by himself. How do they do that? Do they get some other guys to go out against them to play against? Is he no, just doing combine like drills? Yeah, it's, does... much, it's more combine like drills. Yeah, I would say. Um, sometimes you, if it's a receiver, you obviously have somebody throwing to him. Um, you know, maybe Alex Tanny, uh, but uh, yeah, it's not. Uh, you're just trying to get a feel for. 
He's a player in shape, and they know Shaq's in shape. He's been playing, and he's always in great shape. If you've ever seen him, he's ripped. But uh, um, they just want to get a feel for where he is physically. If our boy Dominique is still listening, he'll love this. His response will be, Jody just can't help himself. I got a hypothetical for you. If Shaq Leonard signs today with the Philadelphia Eagles, does he play Sunday? I don't think so. You know, it's interesting. Uh, I think it was Joe. But this is a legitimate hypothetical question. John. Yeah, they've acknowledging gotten, this they've, is not one of my weird creative. No, they've gotten they've gotten people on the field really quickly. Kevin Byer, they got on the field really quick, and he's been playing as well. Shaq's been playing, so right. not That's like why a, I'm asking a question. It's not like a Bradley Roby or uh, where there needed to be a little bit of a ramp up. Um, uh, Josina, I think, is the one. Josina Anderson. Um, he was close to him, said he was going to make a decision over the weekend. So I don't think he wants to play this weekend. So uh, if she's right, I don't think he's going to play. If they sign him today, outside chance, but I, I doubt it. Um, but, yeah, it's not a – you know, he's been playing. He's a veteran. Uh, you know, even if it's just an emergency situation, you know, if somebody gets hurt um, – and he's got to go in there. That's what happened with Roby, pretty much. But uh, I would say no, but it's not a terrible question, no. And you and I have diverged a little bit on what his value is with two teams like the Eagles and the Cowboys playing one off the other as to how much he can actually ask for as far as compensation goes. Here's the one thing I will say, though. He gets paid per game. If you're not ready to go this week, then guess what? You're not getting as much money between yeah, now and the end of the he's year. He's got enough money. He's That's probably why he's okay, but John, yeah. you know it. You know it as well as anybody else. Everybody wants to get their fail. That that is what you would determine. You talk about being disrespected. Nobody can be more disrespected by their paycheck than by anything else that anybody else says. That's how they all determine how much respect they're getting is how much their paycheck is for is compared to well that's why this mercenary market exists uh now Shaq's a little bit different because he got cut but that's why this whole thing exists because guys like Linball and Dominican last year have made so much money Bradley this year they're not going to go through training camp and all that grind for uh five million bucks now they'll come in later in the season pick their spot and try to go chase a ring for that. Um, but they're not going to go through all that stuff after they made uh, tens of millions of dollars over the years. So that's right. kind of been a shift in the NFL. And as usual, Harry Roseman kind of leading Headed it. Headed a curve. Yep. Yeah. Um, but you would agree with me that the way they look at their agent, look at it is uh, value per game, right? If, if you're, if you're going to, Wait till midway through the season because you don't want to put up with all the work and everything. Then you know you're getting less per game. That, that, that's what. Yeah, but that's why is. I say, you know, and if he's telling the truth, I assume he's telling the truth to Joe Cena. You know, he doesn't want to play this weekend. So he's made his amends with that. So um, he's, as I said, he's made a lot of money. Uh, I don't think he's hurting for money. Um, I think he wants to win a Super Bowl would be my guess. And I said it yesterday. I think he's going to be here. Uh, I think he's going to choose the Eagles because of his relationship with uh, Nick Sirianni. I think the fact that he got out of Dallas 
is uh, certainly swung the percentages of where he was going to land, I sh- I would make the Eagles the favorite as of right now too. Because if the Cowboys really wanted him, you get the deal done. And they're negotiating and they're still going back and forth. And he said, yeah, I'll go to Philly, see what they've got to say. So um, I'm with you. And then I think there's a better chance now the Eagles than the Cowboys. Maybe we'll be able to, to break that down for you tomorrow. Maybe there is a Shaq Leonard signing between now. And when Bird's returns i say we're back in 22 hours you in mcmullen let's do it tell that gill guy mike gill i know him a little bit tell him i said hi when you hop on a show later today and you can tell nick hi too while you're at it all right uh, bird 365 back tomorrow in two and two you've been listening to birds 365 the destination for the passionate eagles football fan who bleeds green if it's eagles football We're talking about it, debate, inside the locker room, and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe, and we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365. Say goodbye your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.